Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are in front of an audience. That's right, guys. There are eight people here that want to kill our show. Oops. Sorry, there's nine now. Oh, well, great. Would you like us to reintroduce ourselves? Yeah, uh, yeah, I would love that. Gary Hoffman. You know those little hairless boys crammed into skinny jeans, texting about their feelings with emojis? Shannon Farron. Wouldn't she be a great first lady? What the hell is this? Gary and Shannon. I will tell you, this is going to be something special. You know who listens to the show? The New York Times. Hello. Just last week, I opined about why we're doing this with weather, why we're saying bomb cyclone, atmospheric river. Why do we have to have these fantastical names for the weather? New York Times dug into that, and we'll get into that coming up later this hour as well. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy calling on Democrats to begin talks immediately on raising the debt ceiling. This is one of the most boring but important stories that we can talk about and think about. The White House is making it clear President Biden has no plans to negotiate on the issue. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen warned last week the federal government is going to run up against the federal debt ceiling tomorrow. That would force the Treasury Department to start taking extraordinary measures it could provide that should provide liquidity through June. But then a new stopwatch starts for that deadline to come up with some sort of a plan, what do we do with the debt ceiling? I often wonder, why not just get a divorce? And Brian Walsh seemed to be in line with that thinking when he searched online. Sorry. When he searched online for what is the best state for divorce. He Googled that right before he killed his wife. He Googled everything. Brian Walsh, of course, was the, is now accused of murdering his wife, Anna Walsh. And in court this morning, the assistant DA, Lynn Beeland, explained some of the sketchy behavior. And by the way, Google knows everything. At 4.55 a.m. on January 1st, he searched how long before a body starts to smell. Hmm. At 4.58 a.m., how to stop a body from decomposing. At 5.20 a.m., he searched how to embalm a body. At 5.47 a.m., 10 ways to dispose, dispose of a dead body <laughs> if you really need to. How long for someone to be missing to inherit. At 6.34 a.m. on the 1st, can you throw away body parts? At 9.29 a.m., what does formaldehyde do? At 9.59 a.m., can identification be made on partial remains? At 11.34 a.m., Dismemberment and the best ways to dispose of a body. On December 27th, defendant Googled, what's the best state to divorce for a man? Rather than divorce, it is believed that Ryan Walsh dismembered Anna Walsh and discarded her body. I mean, the only thing he didn't search was, what do I say to people after I murder my wife? I was shocked to hear that ADA, Lynn B. Lynn, and her voice. It was kind of shaking. As a DA, this is what you live for. Yeah. You get that 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 Google search data back and you find out he's searching things like when does a body start smelling? I mean, that is like 
you this is why you become a DA. You know, you'd get up there and you'd be like, and then he searched for, you know, how do I make the smell go away? How long before a body starts to smell? How to stop a body from decomposing? And you have like a you're trying to suppress the grin yeah. that you feel. It's laid out, it's put on a silver platter didn't, for you at that point. Didn't we all learn from Casey Anthony or did we learn that we can google stuff like this and get away with it the way she did? Remember she googled uh, foolproof suffocation yeah. and her, you know, and the and the kids suffocated to death. I mean, it, People think that you can just Google things or you can have your phone on you and it's not going to be your undoing. It's your undoing every single time. Um, his phone, according to the documents that were displayed in court today, his phone placed him, Brian's phone, placed him at his mother's apartment complex in Swamp Scott, Massachusetts. And police traced uh, the bunch of tra- uh, trash bags to a transfer station in Peabody, north of Boston, and they found all kinds of stuff in those trash bags. Towels, rags, slippers, tape, Tyvek suit, gloves, cleaning agents, carpets, rugs, hunter boots, Prada purse, a COVID-19 vaccine card in the name of Anna Walsh, a hacksaw, a hatchet, and some cutting shears. Uh, now, they have said the DNA analysis of those items revealed both Anna and Brian's genetic material, at least on the bloody slipper and on the Tyvek suit. Here's what I want to know. The first search was, what is the best date for divorce for men? What did he get with those search results that he didn't like, that he moved on to dismembering his wife's body? What is the best state for divorce or Sorry, typing is hard. Divorce for men. Uh, Ten best states for getting a divorce. Okay. Uh, Let's see. New Hampshire. New Hampshire's close to Massachusetts. The state with the lowest divorce rate is the best state for divorce. You can move in one day and get divorced the next. Wow. That's what it says. Wyoming, this is going down the list of one through ten, and this is from findlaw.com. New Hampshire, Wyoming, Alaska, Idaho, South Dakota, Nevada, Maine, Tennessee, Montana, Missouri. Now, Maine and New Hampshire are right right there. there. That was too much for him? He decided that it would be less laborious to dismember the woman? I don't know. Uh, Another another site says New Mexico, Montana, Mississippi, South Dakota, and Nevada are the best. So they avoid, at least in that list, um, they avoid those states in the Northeast. This is one of those things. I'm amazed at how, listen... (laughs) <laughs> how dumb I'm amazed at how dumb people can be in the throes of passion, whether it's yeah. lustful. I love you passion or I hate you and I can't wait to get rid of your decomposing body passion. People lose all touch with reality. All logic I mean, flies out the window. Maybe it's good, right? I mean, maybe maybe it's good that this guy is so stupid and bad at what he does that uh, that he can't get away with it. And we want him charged and put away for his crime. Just to be clear, I'm going to stop Googling some of these terms that Brian Walsh was looking up. Just I, just for the appearance. Good like, I don't idea. know who's looking at this computer. Good idea. Keeping an eye on it uh, just to be safe. No, I don't think anybody would accuse you of murdering. Especially, or, look at how much of a better mood you're in now that she's back from uh, going and seeing her parents. That's true. I can see a markedly Im- noticeable improvement. Well, thank you. Um, okay, so we told you about Jeremy Renner. 
and his rehab process for blunt chest trauma and orthopedic injuries, how it's going to be an arduous recovery from that snowmobile accident when it seems like he was run over by the snowmobile. Uh, He's in a show called Mayor of Kingstown. The promotional photos are essentially him. And in the poster, the promotional poster, his face has a bunch of injuries to it on the poster. Oh, really? They edited it out, the injuries, because it was too Too (laughs) real-like. Wow. Yeah. didn't know that. Uh, we will do What You're Watching Wednesday coming up a little bit later in the show. A handful of things to uh, to keep an eye on. We watched the first episode of Your Honor. Good, season huh? two. It's tense. It's, it's just as good. We were talking about watching it. This, we're sitting down at dinner. And my wife and I were, okay, what are we going to watch tonight? And Because that's what we do. It's an exciting time for dinner. And uh, I said, well, the season two premiere of uh, Your Honor is on. And she says... She does this thing where she kind of grabs her sweatshirt and she goes, that show kind of makes me tense. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. So then we cleansed our palate after that with a different show, which did not lessen the tension at all. I started a, a new show, uh, Yellow Jackets. Um, it's not a new show, but it's new for me. We went through that. Yeah, we watched it. Yeah. So the second season of Yellow Jackets comes out in March, March I believe. Yeah. So it, it's... Okay, good. We'll talk about it when yeah, we get yeah. to uh, what you're watching Wednesday. Um, the Idaho quadruple murders. Now it turns out a couple of interesting tidbits about this. People Magazine says it's talked to one of the investigators, and they believe that in late October, just a couple of weeks before the murders, an account that belongs to Brian Koberger sent a greeting to one of the three female victims. He slid into one of the girl's DMs several times, but she did not respond. Basically, it was just him saying, hey, how are you? But he did it over and over. We don't know which one, but he followed all three girls on Instagram. Yeah, and there are a couple weird parts about this. He had a personal account, apparently Instagram, um, and may have had it in other social media, but he had a personal account on Instagram and then with specific one specifically PhD account like he described himself differently and I may have used it for different purposes based on what he was studying criminology and um, uh, criminal justice and things like that. So it's not clear exactly which one he would have been using. Now they were killed on November 13th. We know that there was somebody in the house, a masked intruder that one of the other surviving roommates saw. We know that they were killed with a fixed blade knife and we know that he left behind Whoever the killer was left behind the sheath to a fixed blade knife that had a drop of blood on it. The other interesting thing about this is that he had told a neighbor. Now, he lives in Washington State. He was a Wazoo Ph.D. student, so he lived back in Pullman. One of the neighbors at that apartment complex said that they had a, you know, friendly, no tension discussion back in August. And Brian Koberger asked him, "Um, do you know... Can you guess my ancestry? Can you guess my background? And the friend said, uh, are you Italian? And he said, no, I'm of German descent. And the neighbor said he talked about his ancestors, that he had some sort of DNA test. I don't know how he got to that point. It was just interesting to him, which is interesting because now there are growing reports that investigators used public genealogy databases to land on him as the alleged killer. Now, that's... The only thing that's interesting about that is not all of those public genealogy um, 
you know, find out your ancestry or your health history kind of thing. Not all of them do share information with law enforcement, and they obviously have to disclose it if you're going to sign up for one of those. So that doesn't even necessarily mean that – well, it could mean that they hit on him immediately and exactly with their DNA scan, or the more likely is that they hit on a relative of his and, like we've said many times, sort of backfill the family tree – uh, to get to who he is and, you know, cross-reference sort of location and, and other information to fall on that specific suspect. And then just all odd coincidence, on the night of the killings, police responded to a crash in front of his home, in front of Koberger's window, resulting in two pedestrians being sent to the hospital. Um, the suspect left for Moscow, Idaho, hours after the crash, likely passing the police several times on his way to those murders. Yeah, that he may have even laid eyes on that crash before he uh, killed those four people. Another power substation in North Carolina has been damaged because of apparent gunfire. The damage occurred at a power substation in Thomasville, about an hour away from Moore County, where a few other substations were attacked by gunfire a couple weeks ago. Energy United is the utility company. They said that officials learned of an equipment issue at the Pleasant Hill substation yesterday morning. They found that a transformer had been damaged, uh, but none of the customers who get their power from that substation experienced any sort of an outage. Three members of the Ukrainian government have died in a helicopter crash near a kindergarten in a town in the area of Kiev, Ukrainian interior minister, his first deputy, and the ministry's state secretary were killed in the accident. Um, I mentioned that it happened near a school. One child was killed. Fourteen people were killed total, including one child. Twenty-five people were injured, 11 children among them. Uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky um, asked for a moment of silence when he was addressing the some of the world's economic leaders in Davos, Switzerland. In fact, his wife was in the uh, in the audience. He was speaking via video. He started by talking about the tragedy from this morning. He said took the lives of the Interior Minister, the colleague, and his uh, other other people. And a question they were posing questions to President Zelensky. Uh, I think Farid Zakaria, if I'm not mistaken, was acting as the moderator in all of this. And he was asked about whether or not he feels safe in his own country. You know, he's been given opportunities. The United States had, uh, had offered early on to get him out. And if you remember, he said, basically, I don't need a ride. I need guns way back, you know, at the beginning of all of this. So in Ukrainian today, he said, I'm not worried about safety in my country. I don't have anything to add. Nothing has changed. We still need ammunition. I am not in haste to go anywhere. And he said, importantly, there are no accidents at wartime. The investigation into this helicopter crash obviously is ongoing, but and there was fog in the area of the crash. The question is, was it just fog or was there something more nefarious? Investigators are considering three main possible causes. Number one, violation of flight rules. Number two, technical malfunction of the helicopter. Number three, deliberate actions to destroy the aircraft. The helicopter's crew was trained for difficult conditions with sufficient hours on the Airbus EC-225 they were flying. So they, they were skilled at flying this aircraft. Um, so those seem to be the three things they've whittled the investigation down to. Um, the speech that he gave to Davos uh, outside of the helicopter accident was very expected. It's very usual for Zelensky. We've seen him give it to legislators and uh, different 
agencies around the world, including the Golden Globes, I think it was, or critics, whatever it was, one of the award shows, and basically said, we as a, as a humanity cannot hesitate to get rid of Vladimir Putin. The world was hesitant in 2014 when Russia, without hesitation, occupied the Crimea. The world was hesitant in 2022 when Russia, without hesitation, made the war full scale. The world must not hesitate today and ever. Uh, he said that is that he, the Ukrainians, did not start the war, but obviously that they have to end it. He said it's very important to know that we are strong, not just in the east, but inside the country. It was not us who started the war, but it is us who will have to end it. Um, there are reports out of Europe that Vladimir Putin is expected to call up hundreds of thousands of more men to fight in the military, even though they've already been sort of scraping the bottom of the barrel and uh, getting people who do not want to go, shall we say. They've also been doing war training with Belarusians and the option for Belarus to get involved would mean that there would be a lot more activity in the western part of the country, which puts it right up against NATO. This thing could get much worse before it gets any better. We have sent Israel stored weapons to Ukraine. Uh, munitions stored in Israel will be headed there as well. Massive stockpile there in Israel. Alaska state, uh, state troopers say that a polar bear has attacked and killed a couple of people in a remote western Alaska village. What, what the, the hell time? do you think is going to happen? Well, what's the last time you heard a polar bear killing some? I've heard of bears, grizzly right. bears, but polar bears? Um, it's an area, it's a town called Wales on the very western tip of the Seward Peninsula. Troopers said initial reports indicated a polar bear had entered the community and chased multiple residents and then fatally attacked a woman and a boy. Trooper said the bear was shot and killed by somebody, a local resident, during the attack. I think my lack of fear of bears in, in my backyard, and my neighborhood, stems from the fact that when I was in Alaska, you would, uh, we, what do you call the planes that land on the water? Planes. You know, there's a specific name for them that land on the water. Yeah. Float plane? Float plane. Oh. So you take a float plane... And you go to this little remote cars that drive on the freeways. They're just cars. Float plane is different than a plane. Well, the float is different. Right. Because it doesn't have wheels. Right. Well, you can you can't land a 737 on the water. If it had floats, you could. But uh, it doesn't. I think Chesley Sullenberger but it would, have, doesn't. would have a okay. argument against it. I'm not flying with your ass. <laughs> um, anyway. Let's so just put it down on the piece of water. You take a float plane, which is different, to uh, this little village alongside the water in the glacier area. And you'd have a, a, you had a meal there. It was like a cruise excursion, right? And what they would do is they feed you salmon. They also feed the bear, the nearby bear there, um, salmon. No. So this what? bear comes up to you, comes up to the because it's used to being fed the salmon, oh, okay. so it knows. And it comes up, and you're sitting in tables and um, out the, outside there. And this bear is maybe ten feet from you, and he's just eating the salmon. He wants nothing to do with you. He's just like, give me the fish, give me the salmon. He doesn't want to eat the people. Well, if he had the choice. I guess if he had the choice, he'd eat the salmon. Probably right. tastes better. Right. But if there was no salmon there, and he turns around, it turns into uh, uh, turns into convict poker. <laughs> the bear I don't know. just comes after you. Um, are you a tennis fan? Have you been watching the Australian Open? I am not. It's playoff season. 
I know. It's funny that I think that People every... People try to have conversations with me about things other than playoffs, <laughs> and it angers me. <laughs> that was the greatest response. We got a text last <laughs> night, and your response had nothing to do with the original text. You just wrote, it's playoff season. It was like an entertainment story or yes, something, and, and I was great. like, who cares? Uh, Rafael Nadal <laughs> says his hip was injured during a second-round loss to Mackenzie McDonald. Uh, he is out as Rafa. Uh, he wiped away tears. Uh, his wife wiped away her tears up in the stands. He returned to play, but he was physically compromised. He was not his usual self. And you could tell in the 6-4, defeat. I got to watch something. This is the thing. Yes, it is football season and playoffs specifically. But it doesn't. Come, I got to do something between now and Saturday. Just watch old matchups when the 49ers dominated the Cowboys. I well, playoffs. That, I did see you also post the uh, the catch. Uh you, you relive that thing a hundred times and in a, a month and of a January. Troy Aikman pick I just posted. Oh, you well. I didn't see that. Yeah, Not cool. a pick of him, uh, a pick uh, interception. My daughter a few weeks ago asked me if she should be concerned about the weather. Okay. Um, well, and, be, and when you hear bomb cyclone atmospheric river, yeah, that's a fair question. We're hearing a more and more meteorologists say it's a mixed blessing. Good for public safety and climate change awareness, but potentially so amplified that it leaves the public numb or, like your daughter, unsure of the actual risk. That's the issue, is that we? this is a relatively new term, at least in terms of how weather is communicated past the meteorologist, right? The meteorologists and the weather nerds and the NOAA and the American Meteorological Society, they get together, and this used to be one of the convention things that they – when they would get together in Vegas between the hookers and the blow and the slot machines and the uh, the O show, they would get together and talk about things like bombogenesis, bomb cyclone, atmospheric rivers, pineapple express. They knew what they were talking about. Cindy Bruyere is director of the Capacity Center for Climate and Weather Extremes at the National Center for Atmosphere. Atmospheric research. She's one of these people. She says the language has evolved to get people's attention. But she says, I have zero pictures in my head when I hear the term bomb cyclone. Like, what is, what is that? She says, we need a significantly clearer language, not hyped words. There, there is something about this that, uh, that rings true. In the summer, we've talked about how the state of California now wants to give a number scale to heat waves, Yeah, right? And how the National Weather Service has been naming smaller storms. And we still don't know, like when we grew up, the storms that got names were the ones to watch out for. Like hurricanes. And, exactly. <laughs> Andrew, Ike, Katrina, Rita, uh, all of those, they had names for a reason, and it made sense. But but if everything gets a name or a wild description like this, then they don't matter. Aren't we always talking about the overuse of labels? Aren't we always talking about why are you labeling a 12-year-old sexuality? Yes. Oh, yeah. Why is everything getting a name? It, it weakens what actually does need to be named. Like racism. When you call everything racist, suddenly the real racist stuff gets watered down. Um, some meteorologists say they've become pretty cautious about what they say to avoid that sensationalism. Andrew Howell is a research meteorologist with NOAA. 
who is the co-leader of their drought task force. And he says, once you use a term and let the cat out of the bag, you can't let it back in, right? I mean, bombogenesis, bomb cyclone is one of those. We've heard that probably five or six times in different descriptions over the last just couple of months. This guy, Andrew Hole, uh, was speaking at a, a symposium called Explaining Extreme Events Press Conference. And afterward, he was more emphatic about what he won't say. He says, I will never use the term mega drought. Although there is another conference coming up called Drought, Mega Drought, or a Permanent Change, a Shifting Paradigm, etc. He says, you will never hear me use that term. It's not relevant. I can characterize it in more plain language like prolonged drought. You know, if you call it mega drought versus prolonged drought, you're drumming up in people's imaginations a different image. And they have to be able to control the image so that you and I know what we're actually dealing with. Andrea Lopez-Lang says the worst is polar vortex. She's an atmospheric scientist at State University of New York in Albany. And she is an expert in polar vortex. Uh, which technically are stratospheric phenomena that occur at least six miles above sea level. But she says in the last decade, people are starting to describe it as cold air on the ground level. So they're just getting it completely wrong because they want to give it a cute name, that it's cold. It's and, not a polar vortex, technically. Right. And the, and the biggest issue is that this overuse of these wild and crazy terms eventually we become numb to them. Totally. We stop listening to them. If everything has a name, like you said, everything has a label. As we learned from the Incredibles, if everyone is special, then no one is. I mean, we heard bomb cyclone when the East Coast was going through their polar vortex or what have you, right? right? And you're looking at, you know, Buffalo and you're like, oh, I get it. So when they... They put bomb cyclone on a weather event in California. I'm not listening to you anymore it doesn't because translate. that is not the same thing. Um, it, it is very strange because the blame is typically cast in the passive voice. Weather scientists craft attention getting terms that are drawn into the ratings driven media vortex. Uh, UCLA climate scientist Daniel Swain said technical terminology is widely used without context by traditional news media and on social media where some people might use the term half-jokingly and others are genuinely freaking out. How many times have we seen that exact thing happen when it comes to COVID or some other health concern like RSV or, or the flu? We are not good. We humans are not good at calculations when it comes to actual risk. We should be better at it but we've given up that we've given up the ability to do that to people that we claim as experts. If it's something that we would have to spend more than 45 seconds sitting down and thinking about, we just go, oh, well, that guy must be an expert. I mean, he's got an AMS after his name or a DR or a DDC or whatever. Mm. So why not allow that guy to make the decision for me and tell me that I have to? lock down my home, uh, put a metal roof on my house, uh, not drive in the rain, uh, put three days worth of beans in the garbage or garage or whatever. I, I, it's just that would be rough to be locked down with only beans to eat. There, I'm uh, sure there were people who gamey. Yeah. That, and it, but you better hope it's during the springtime when you can open the window. Yeah, You're tooting all over the place. Toot, toot, toot. Hey. In Swamp Watch, I do have a football politics story. 
And if you saw this between Ted Cruz and Eric Swalwell. <laughs> Shockingly, I have not. Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, just because it's connected to football. I see Ted Cruz and I see Eric Swalwell and I do not click. You can't click fast enough. <laughs> um, don't, try not to be such an Eeyore on Winnie the Pooh Day. It's Winnie the Pooh Day. Oh, poo. Oh, poo. It's also Michigan Day. Oh, Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> I appreciate you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.